My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer America. I'll be one of my friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate, teach, put it in context. Call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. We used to call it the Santa Claus rally when the whole market roared going into Christmas. Like today, where the Dow climbed 338 points. The S&P gained 1.29%. The Nasdaq fall at 1.25%. But sadly, this is not your typical Santa Claus move. The market didn't have a Scrooge experience where it saw the ghost of Christmas future decide to become more gracious and accommodating. I'm not saying Santa isn't real or that we're all getting a lump of coal in our portfolios this year. It's just that this rally is about something else entirely. Right now, we have bets being made from all different directions. Contradictory bets that are sticking. They don't make any sense when you put them all together. Sooner or later, someone has to be wrong. For the moment, though... Christmas joy abounds, the Santa Claus rally continues, and Wall Street gamblers move up their favorite stocks with their buy. You know what it's like? It's almost like a horse race. Where the ponies in the paddock headed toward the gate, all flathered, all fractious, and ready to roll. You need to view each contradictory thesis as a different horse. So which ones are getting the biggest money down? The odds are trade. The, the odds are changing every single minute because there's so much money being bet on different stocks. Uh, first, we have in pole position vaccine. Yes, the people who are betting on vaccine are those who believe that Moderna this week will join Pfizer with a vaccine that's easier to transport and manufacture and don't be so cold. And we've got even more vaccines on the way. I think vaccine takes the race if J and J is the jockey. Now, I know you're not supposed to bet the jockey. I've been along round enough to know that. But if we can get Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J shipping vaccines, we could have, and I know I'm the only person in America, because I'm from Philadelphia, I can say that, who believes that we could have a glut in this country by the end of the first quarter. The only person, but remember, I was also the only person who predicted the pandemic when everyone thought it was a complete nut job. And with a vaccine glut, we can finally start to live without fear again, even if not everyone takes the darn thing. If vaccine wins the horse race, all the recovery plays will roar higher. Everything that does better when the world goes back to normal. And all of those stocks were bought today. And you can see the pattern. It never stops. I say vaccines about a four to one shot. It would be a two to one shot, except Pfizer and Moderna don't have enough doses to do the job. You'll hear about more about that later in the show. If J&J jumps on the horse, it's two to one. No problem. Throw in some of the other players. AstraZeneca maybe and it's a walkover. Second position. Lockdown. Yeah, here comes lockdown. Come on, the home stretch. Lockdown, well, people betting on lockdown after New York City with the restaurants, right? They see the virus out of control, and they believe states will have to shut down their economies, at least partially. A selective lockdown would do less damage, but either way, it's a recipe for recession. Nobody wants that, but it might be unavoidable from a public health perspective. Every other country that's done this has thrown money at people to ameliorate the damage. However, a lockdown with no federal assistance would be devastating. I'll put this one really as a five-to-one shot. Remember, there are some winners in lockdown, the Kramer COVID winners, but they are largely intact to the detriment of all others. We should call lockdown by its nickname, FANG, sired by FANG. Drug stocks work, too. Third pony, no lockdown. Today, for some reason, certainly not the COVID statistics, right? The caseload, we got heavy money coming in on no lockdown. 
You can tell because all the non-essential retailers were flying. Because there's not enough money to go around to bet on everything at once. Some investors sold garden variety tech stocks to fund these wagers. No lockdown looks like a two-to-one shot today, but I got to tell you, I think that's way too optimistic. How about the trickiest bets? Some parlays, maybe? A little daily double? Some people are betting that Congress will pass another stimulus package, which could be an interesting parlay with no lockdown and vaccine. Then there's no stimulus, which is disastrous when paired with lockdown. Long shots all around. All right, so now let's step away from the ponies, okay? And let's talk about a complete another, well, let's just ditch the metaphor entirely, and I can do that because I've had the show for 15 years. Okay, first, there's a ton of money on the sidelines with investors who can't wait to get in. And this is really what's driving a lot of the market. We hear the cash levels are low at mutual funds. <laughs> I don't really care about that. What matters is the cash on the sidelines. Get this. There's now as much as $5 trillion making nothing. $5 trillion making it so that you can't possibly retire? You think that's a good bet? I got to tell you, that money, well, it's time. It's time for that money to move in. People, people want to get some return. Now, if you want returns... Yes, I hate that only game in town thing, but you know you can't make up you can't make up new stuff every night. Only game in town works. I talk to a lot of investors, and the overwhelming sentiment right now is enough already. I want to own more stock. Of course, there are tons of professionals out there who'll tell you these buyers are too late. There's tons of amateurs, by the way, writing about me all over in these different websites. That's okay. I want to educate. I've got to get these new people in. I don't want them to blow their heads off. I say it depends. If we get enough vaccine doses and Congress passes stimulus package, you're going to have a booming economy. The market will roar. And that's a big if. But opportunity, the opportunity is really working. And let me tell you how we know this. Apple. Yep, the most important stock in this market It's not Tesla. It's not Amazon. It's not Microsoft. It's not something that's Wall Street betting on bets, and it's not something that's on Seeking Alpha, and it's not something that's in the Motley the Fool. No, it's Apple. This thing had been treading water for ages. Last night, though, we heard that Apple's boosting iPhone orders some 30% versus a year ago. Now, that was some Nikkei. It was an Asian paper. I am sure that the bears will try to shoot it down tomorrow, so inoculate yourself against that. Now, if this is the case, everything and everyone in the iPhone food chain can beat expectations. And, boy, that's a ton of stocks. If the story's true, you can buy pretty much anything in tech that you want, and that's what people did today. Apple is that important. It roared. It, you know, this thing was up $6. It was up 5%. You know what I think? How about own Apple? Don't trade it. Third, Senator uh, Majority Leader, no one talked about this. I love this. Maybe people are afraid. Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell finally did something. It's it's unthinkable. I mean, like, he congratulated President-elect Biden. Yesterday, the Electoral College convened, and if there was ever any doubt about who would be the next occupant of the White House, that's now over. It's done. There was always a time limit on President Trump's efforts to litigate his way to victory. But Wall Street hates uncertainty, and we didn't know if the Republican leadership would ever accept the results. And you never knew what court was going to finally agree with the guy. There's always some court, right? I mean, like Star Chamber Court, you know, whatever. Why does this matter? Because when you take the presidential election deliciously out of control, uh, just off the picture, uh, just get it out of the equation. Maybe Congress can finally pass the stimulus package to protect people who are about to lose their unemployment benefits and small businesses that are about to be shut, gone, see you later. Fourth, we're finally getting to the point, and this is something not, no one saw, it's starting to bug me. We're going to have at-home COVID testing, and it's not going to be run by doctors or these testing companies or any of that nonsense. Right now, we have all these difficult ways to stop the pandemic. We've got the mask, the physical distancing, stay at home. People hate all these things, but we're failing 
because the American way is to give me convenience or give me death. Today, this convenient at-home test got approved, and I think it's a good start. But what we really need is a simple paper test. Every morning when you get up, you take a Q-tip, stick it up your nose, and wipe it on a piece of paper. And 15 minutes later, you find out if you're sick or not. If you're sick, you stay home. We know that Slovakia is actually using the paper ship method. They are literally doing what I just said. And do you know that the numbers of caseload are plummeting in Slovakia? You probably don't even care. You're wrong. Austria and Poland go in the same direction. Why can't we? I mean, it's available. It'll cost a fraction of this crazy stuff we're doing now. And in America, think about it. we got a ridiculous approach to t- testing. Once a week, or maybe when you don't feel well, I don't know, you get tested. Then you find out your results a couple, t- a couple days later. What? Who treated this up? I mean, hey, that's fine. By that time, you've infected everybody at work. Or no, maybe you infected everybody at school. doesn't matter. It's like worldwide. You're like the, you're, I, I'm like the East Coast distributor. You're the Midwest distributor. That's the Southern distributor. This is crazy. If you can take an at-home test every morning, though, you'll catch the virus before you're infectious. And then you stay home. Guess what? You know what happens then? You stop a pandemic. Combine at-home testing with the vaccines and some therapeutics that reduce the death toll. And I think we're closer to beating this thing than anybody believes. Assuming you buy that rosy scenario like I do, you need to own some tech, some industrial, some retail, some travel place. Is that too bullish? Here's the bottom line. With the vaccine glut on the horizon, at-home testing, possibility of a stimulus deal in Washington, all the while the Fed holds down rates, I worry about being, uh, let's say, uh, too bearish and not being too bullish. As a matter of fact, I'd be worried about not being bullish enough. Let's go to Valentino in Illinois, please. Valentino. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. How's your day going, Jim? Well, I don't know. I see all these marijuana stocks starting to pop, and I'm thinking Afria and Tilray. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't like cannabis. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to know, what is your thoughts on Workhorse? Do you think it's a good buy right now? And also... On uh, a Workhorsey? Uh, you know, I'm a show horsey and a Workhorsey. Uh, I think that that's a... Uh, the EV money is cool for a couple of days. Uh, then Workhorse will come right back because you can't resist. People cannot resist EV. That's why we're focused on hydrogen. I need to go to Brad in Tennessee, please. Brad. Booyah, 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 Jimmy, chill. What's that, like, Torah, Torah, Torah? What is it, like, a Pearl Harbor? What's going on? <laughs> well, happy holidays from Music City, Tennessee. Uh, I bought some Fitbit stock right around the acquisition by Google at $6.13 per share. Yep. Haven't heard much about the acquisition lately. Wanted to get your take and... Uh, What's the future of Fitbit? Ka-ching, ka-ching, how- man. I don't even know if that deal went, went. I mean, this is like the problem. You got a big company like Google, not allowed to buy anybody. So I think we move on. I would be moving on. All right, guys, the market action is telling us that all this is happening, okay? Now, you may disagree with every bit of it, but I'm telling you what's happening. I worry about not being bullish enough if you get that stimulus and if you get the vaccine and get the stay-at-home testing, get the Fed with the low rates. You got the election over. The Electoral College, who knew that was important? Oh, man, money tonight. It's an under-the-radar way to play the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. Is it time to consider a van tour? I'm talking to the CEO. Then I'm sitting down with the CEO of Lululemon. Find out if athleisure demand can persist. Guess what I think. And could Ring Central? Don't laugh. It's up 300 points since we first recommended. Uh, ringing in the New York with profits? Yeah, I'm going to sit down with Vlad, the CEO. Notice I didn't say Vlad the Impaler. I said Vlad, the CEO. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. 
Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. When the pandemic first hit, what did I tell you to do? I told you to buy the arms dealers to the life science industry. Companies that supply everybody from the test makers to drugs, vaccine developers. With the arms developers, well, what happens? You get the exposure to the massive effort to beat COVID-19, but uh, without any of the worry about clinical trial results of FDA approvals. Because, well, these companies are levered to the entire industry, not just to the approval process. Take Avantra. It's a company that provides mission-critical products and services to customers in a variety of industries. Biopharma, healthcare, education, government, applied materials. Half their business is biopharma, though. And another 10% is healthcare. Think equipment, materials, consumables, and specialty procurement. How essential are these guys will get this? When you look at the top 20 biologic drugs, Avantor's products are specified more than 80% of them. They work for all the largest farm and biotech companies. They're involved in virtually every stage of the research and development process, including all the leading COVID vaccine programs. Now, Avantor came public in May of last year. It was spun off from Covidian a decade ago. Boy, did we love that stock, which in turn was spun off by Tyco, which we didn't love. Since the IPO, the stock's up 96%, thanks in part to more than 50% gain this year. So can it keep climbing? Let's take a closer look with Michael Stubblefield. And Michael is the president and CEO of Avantor. To learn more about his company and its efforts to fight the pandemic, Mr. Stubblefield, welcome to Mad Money. Jim, thanks for having us. Uh, Great to be with you again. Okay, so Michael, let me ask you something. Uh, Why you have been at the heart of all this. Why are these vaccines so difficult to make? Uh, I mean, I want we need a billion. Okay, what can we do to speed up the process and particularly the therapeutics, which seem to be really difficult to make? Can you walk us through because you're you're key to everything? Yeah, I think you've got the story right, Jim. Uh, You know, we're really excited about the role that we're playing here in bringing an end to this pandemic. Uh, and, you know, perhaps most exciting here is uh, we're really helping enable uh, the development of some novel technologies. Uh, we're all familiar now with things like mRNA. Uh, there's never been any approved therapies that are using that technology. So we're really uh, on the cutting edge of science here. And certainly the value of science has been on, uh, on display. So, uh, you know, these technologies have been incubated in the labs for, for quite some time, uh, but have never been scaled uh, to the types of uh, numbers and doses that we're going to need to be able to produce here. Uh, to bring this pandemic to to an end. Uh, The other thing that's worth pointing out here is the types of materials that you need here uh, and the purities that are required, um, you know, these are really sophisticated technologies. uh, And it takes companies like Avantour and others uh, to be able to produce these uh, ultra high purity materials uh, at scale. And we're obviously doing it at record speed, uh, but we couldn't be more excited about how things are evolving. Okay, so let's go back 11 months. Oh, all the really big shot scientists, big thinkers came on our show and other shows and said, it takes four years, a minimum of four years. What happened that it didn't take four years? Because it is a bit of a, a miracle when you think about it. Uh, no, it, it really has uh, moved at uh, it, 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 <laughs> speed here. And, and you know, companies uh, like us and, and our customers and everybody in the value chain are really working around the clock uh, to be able to, to bring these, uh, these technologies uh, to market. Uh, but if you think about mRNA, which, you know, is uh, the technology that underpins, uh, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, for example, which, uh, you know, Pfizer's vaccine was approved uh, last week. And, you know, we were thrilled to see, uh, you know, the trucks rolling out of their uh, factory over the weekend and, and patients starting to get uh, the vaccine and would anticipate, you know, Moderna's technology getting uh, approved hopefully later this week. Um, but, you know, that technology really got a jump jumpstart, um, 
you know, when, uh, you know, genetic code to the, you know, to the virus DNA was, was published early in the year. Uh, and then, you know, with that as a starting point, the scientists have really been able to, uh, you know, accelerate uh, the development. Uh, and the real challenge with that technology is the scale up. Uh, and, you know, we've, nobody has ever, you know, been able to produce it at the types of quantities that we're, that we're talking about here. So you see the, the number of players that have been had to put in place uh, in order to you know, produce the number of doses that we're, that we're getting at here. But this is sophisticated uh, technology, no doubt. All right. So people are going to say, well, that's great. You guys uh, marvel. But I thought that in your Evercore presentation, you said, I've never seen an order book that looks like what we have today. So business is very strong on that particular part of your operation. Jim, our uh, order book in our bioproduction business, which is the, the platform that serves um, all of the various therapies that out, are out there, including COVID-19. But as you suggested in your introduction, uh, you know, we're going to be relevant across uh, almost all therapeutic areas out there, whether it be oncology or neurodegenerative, uh, cardiovascular. Uh, we're going to be somewhat agnostic from, from that standpoint. Uh, but our order book has more than doubled uh, in, in recent quarters. And a piece of it is certainly uh, the anticipation of uh, ramping in the, uh, to produce these, these vaccines. Uh, but more than, you know, half of it or, you know, close to 75% of it has actually come in our core monoclonal antibody business, uh, you know, just to support the, the base therapies uh, that, uh, that drive our business on a, on a, on a pre-COVID basis. Well, you did drop the word Alzheimer's in the Evercore that people are working on Alzheimer's and maybe even having some success, sir? They are. Um, you know, one of the neat things about these uh, novel technologies that are being developed is it's enabling us to treat uh, diseases and indications that we've never had solutions for. Um, and that's the power of these, uh, you know, biologic solutions. Uh, and you see it come to, to bear here even on the, on the vaccine, for example. Uh, 95% or thereabout uh, efficacy uh, with a vaccine. I think, you know, if you compare that to other vaccines that we're familiar with, like the flu vaccine, using, you know, maybe older technology, uh, you know, that vaccine is maybe 50, 60 percent, uh, right. uh, you know, effective at best. And so these new novel technologies uh, that are more personalized in, in nature uh, certainly are, you know, really enabling, uh, you know, cures to a lot of uh, diseases that, oh, oh. Uh, that have plagued us for, for a long time. We're going along, but I have to ask this. Uh, you did say at one point that companies may be a little bit aggressive given where they are. This is in terms of the number of vaccines. I actually think if J&J works and the others work, that we could actually have a vaccine glut in the developed world by, say, April. But you made me feel like temperate, temperate, bring it in a little. Well, when you just look at what's been publicly announced, I mean, I think Moderna, you know, in anticipation that they get an approval later this week, uh, you know, I think they've said they could produce, you know, 500 million doses or so next year. Uh, Pfizer, I think, is on record saying they can produce, you know, you know, 1.2, 1.3 billion doses, something like that. Um, and then, you know, I think the next, you know, round of approvals is, is going to need to come from things like the viral vector technology that uh, J&J and AstraZeneca are developing. Um, you know, so you could approach you know, a, a few billion doses uh, next Ooh. year. Uh, but obviously, you know, to bring this global pandemic to an end, you know, we're needing to produce, uh, you know, north of five billion. Some of these, uh, you know, therapies, as you're aware, are going to require multiple doses. The Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine both require, uh, right. you know, a couple of doses in order to be uh, effective. So uh, even if we're able to produce two or three, you know, billion doses next year, that's still only a billion, billion and a half, uh, gotcha. uh, you know, patients that would get treated. All right. Well, look, you, you give us a, uh, still plenty of hope. Still plenty of hope. I mean, I'll take a billion. How about that? 
Michael Stubblefield, President and CEO of Avantor. Really interesting, sir. Thank you so much for coming on Mad Money. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. All right. Stock's up big, but look, you heard him. I mean, and you need this company if we're going to break this thing. Mad Money's back into the break. Coming up, this holiday season may have retailers feeling a little sour. But all it may take for Lululemon stock to sing with Christmas cheer is a good look in the mirror. Kramer's got the CEO when Mad Money returns. Let's talk Lululemon. Last Thursday night, the king of athleisure put a magnificent quarter. A 28-cent earnings beat off of an 88-cent basis, higher than expected sales, up 22% year-over-year, propelled by some red-hot e-commerce numbers. We're talking about 94% growth. Direct-to-consumer now accounts for 43% of Lulu's business. Even better, those digital sales are much more profitable than brick-and-mortar transactions. The company's doing so well that they rolled out a new $500 million buyback. Who the heck is buyback stock? Well, companies that are doing incredibly well. But what happens if stock goes down? Well, that seems wrong to me. Lulu's rebounded over the past couple of days. Still down $13 from where it closed last Thursday, though. The reason? I think management's still not willing to provide forward guidance. The future's too uncertain. Well, no kidding. And I think there's a sense that business may deteriorate once everyone's vaccinated, although I question that assumption. My view. Look, the last time Lululemon reported a great quarter in September, the stock also sold off, and it turned out to be an amazing buying opportunity. I think history's going to repeat itself. Don't take it from me. Let's take a closer look with Calvin McDonald, the CEO of Lululemon, to hear more about the quarter and his company's prospects. Mr. McDonald, it's an honor to have you on Mad Money. Oh, excited to be here, Jim. Well, first, I mean, you've done incredible things, but I want to talk about the power of three. Innovation, omni-guest experience, and market expansion. These seems to be like the tri- the, the triumvirate. For Lululemon, uh, well, they've definitely uh, you know are, it's the area that we're focused on in terms of innovation across the organization, with the goals to uh, double our men's, double our digital, and quadruple our international business. So, uh, and we're early innings in our growth across all those levers. So, we're very excited about uh, the future. Now, a lot of people, let's attack it head on. There are people who believe that Lulu's business will be hurt by a vaccine and return to normalcy uh, after being a relative outperformer. Uh, I can't believe that you think that that is what's going to occur. So why don't you give us why you're not worried about a vaccine? Uh, Well, absolutely. We're not, uh, we don't see uh, any uh, dramatic impact in, in the reduction of the momentum in the business. I mean, Let's start with the momentum we had coming in to uh, 2020, uh, coming off of 2019, which was an incredible year for us. So we know that uh, there are a lot of drivers of growth uh, within the marketplace. And then the pandemic happened. And I think there are some lasting inflection points across the guests. Uh, They become more digital. Uh, They're living more active lives and the role that health and wellness is playing and will play. And the role that versatile apparel and the expectations they have uh, around what they wear. Those are all drivers that are going to continue moving forward post the pandemic. Uh, so you combine those with the momentum we have in the early stages of our growth and innovation. Uh, I don't see any uh, real material impact slowing our business down. And we're committed to our analyst day uh, goals of, uh, you know, by 23. So excited about the next few years and beyond. Well, it sounds like you think that the crisis could almost validate not only the assortment tied to health and wellness, which I know is incredibly important, but this could prove to be a catalyst, not just for casual apparel as customers of Lulu, but maybe actually a country. I don't think this is too big a statement because I love your company. Country and maybe even world brought toward what Lulu likes and what Lulu wants. We 
play a unique role in the category. Uh, our vision is to be an experiential brand and ignite a community of people to live the sweat life. Uh, and we view that across sweat, grow, and connect. Uh, and, you know, we're excited about where we are in that journey and creating that vision. And we know that we have a lot of opportunity and growth in product innovation. We've been bringing it. Uh, we have the pipeline full for the, for the years to come. The Omni Guest Experience, we're, again, early innings of creating and building that community connection, both physical and digital. And our market expansion, there's not a market we're in today that we're not seeing incredible growth, both in our physical and digital. And these are early markets, only a few years in, showing great potential and growth. So really, it really is an exciting uh, you know, business and brand with, uh, with a lot of growth ahead of us. With the uh, Chinese handling the pandemic in a sense that, uh, let's say, of great surety, uh, if I went to a tier one or tier two store, would there be a line? Or are there people like, is it hard to get into? I mean, is it jammed? Our business in China has been for a few years performing incredibly well. When I joined the company, we had 15 stores. We're going to end this year close to 45. Our physical presence is growing. Our online business is doing incredibly well. We're building a community with local ambassadors and studios. Uh, so all the right uh, you know, key drivers are fueling the momentum in the business. And our store base is split now almost between Tier 1 and Tier 2 cities. And we're seeing continual growth, continual success, uh, and, uh, and, and we're really excited with the way that uh, the brand is resonating with the guests, uh, the sweat life. Every time I go to China, and unfortunately, uh, I got there early last year, and then I haven't been able to get back, it's inspiring with the energy of uh, the adoption of the sweat life in the communities we serve. So we're, uh, you know, huge growth ahead uh, in China, as in many other international markets. Your company, Digital Operating Margins, 40% plus, they are the leader in e-commerce. Can that continue? Is it sustainable? Uh, we view our, our margin and mix uh, really through an omni lens. Our stores are still incredibly profitable, even in Q3. With the lower productivity numbers, we saw contribution margin uh, 22% and above. And as you uh, identified, our e-commerce uh, margins are about 17 points on top of that. So we have two very healthy, very profitable, very productive channels. But we manage the business through an omni uh, mix of margin. We'll continue to do so and remain very committed to uh, the, the margin forecast we shared at uh, our analyst day and excited about how uh, guest adoption and what we've seen through the pandemic and the success of our digital business is only going to enhance our ability to keep growing the relationship we have with our guests, engaged in conversation with them, which ultimately is adding and driving the sales of the business. All right. Well, one last question. Someone today on air, I don't remember who, took a shot at one of my favorite products. OK, they said Mirror's not doing that well. I, I, I have no evidence whatsoever that it's not doing incredibly well. So let's set the record straight. Are you happy with Mirror? We are very happy with Mirror. Uh, the business is only two years old. This is its third holiday. Uh, we uh, express in the earnings call that we're going to do in excess of $150 million in revenue in only its second year. Uh, and we're just at the beginning stages. We have it rolled out in 18 stores to build awareness and consideration to our guests. The plan is to roll that out to hundreds next year. There's not another at-home 
uh, option that has the ability to have that sort of footprint to create the awareness. Uh, and then you tap into our ambassadors uh, and our community of instructors with the current instructors that are on Mirror. Uh, we're very excited about how it plays into our strategy of community, connecting to the guests and living the sweat life. Uh, and we've had a very good holiday and I'm super excited about that business moving forward. Well, Calvin, again, I want to thank you for coming on Mad Money. You know we've been fans for many, many years. It is terrific to have you on. Calvin McDonald, Lululemon CEO. Great to see you, sir. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Guys, look, this is the second opportunity you're going to get, just like last time. You're getting another. I can't believe it. Mad Money's back into the break. with the COVID winners now that we've reached a point where the virus is totally out of control, even as people are already getting vaccinated. Interesting moment. So consider the case of RingCentral, RNG, the cloud-based communications and collaboration play with a video conferencing platform that directly competes with Zoom. RingCentral is more than doubled year to date, and it's got a gorgeous chart. I'm a big believer in this business. You know that. And I think we'll have a, it'll have staying power. We're not just going back to where we were before this. And many really remote jobs will stay that way even when we reach herd immunity. Plus, Ring Central's got some huge partnerships, ATT, Avaya, Atos, and Alcatel Lucent. We met this team when the stock was in the 60s. It's now at $353 and hit an all-time high of 366 today. However, the stock's obviously at lofty levels relative to sales. So we need to zero in on how it's doing. Last week, Ring Central announced a big new deal with Vodafone. Tonight, we learned that they're launching Glit. This is a new high-quality video. We're breaking the story right now. Audio conferencing platform with team messaging and file sharing that could potentially make this a rival to Slack, Microsoft Teams, yes, and Zoom. Let's take a closer look with Vlad Schmunis. He's the founder, chairman, and bankable CEO of Ring Central. Get a better sense of where his company's headed. Mr. Schmunis, welcome back to Mad Money. Jim, thank you so much for having me. All Always right, so exciting. this partner, this this product, I mean, this product seems like it has the best of every single one of uh, of all your competitors. But at the same time, your competitors are pretty entrenched. So how does Ring Central crack in to a Zoom client or crack into a Teams client? I mean, because you, you may have a superior product, but the other guys have pretty good sales forces and reputations. Uh, well, yes, uh, so, so do we. Uh, we have pretty good reputation as well, uh, pretty nice sales force. Uh, we do have a uh, unique set of partnerships. You already mentioned a few, but we count uh, folks like AT&T, British Telecom, uh, Vodafone, as you now mentioned, Avaya, Alcatel, Lucent, uh, Atos, etc., etc. Uh, we do have Direct Pass, where the lead uh, UCAS, Unified Communications as a Service Provider, to upwards of 180 million uh, on-premise uh, PBX users through these partnerships. With uh, Vodafone that we've just announced just now, uh, we have just added another 30, 35 million user uh, opportunity. Um, so uh, we're doing pretty well as well. But having said all of this, look, it's really not about competing with Microsoft or Cisco or Zoom or anyone else. It really is about offering the best, uh, most complete and uh, most sensible product for today's uh, times, for today's workforces. And what we know is the world is changing. It has changed last year with COVID, but it's changing again. Uh, vaccine is here. Uh, world is going from work at home to work hybrid. What is hybrid? Some people are in the office, some are at home, some are traveling. And 
people still need to work as teams cohesively and efficiently. And with our new introduction today of uh, Ring Central Glit, what we did is we took all of the hundreds and hundreds of features, uh, of high-value features that other people are charging for, we made it available for free. So organizations of any type, of any kind, can immediately start leveraging power of uh, this uh, new technology. So, And, uh, yeah. Well, you have 200 million Avaya users in the partnership. I mean, I, I have to re- think everyone takes it. It's free. Well, uh, there are things that are free. There are things that are not free. Yeah. Uh, so what is free is uh, video and team messaging seamlessly integrated is now available for free uh, from RingCentral. And when we say free, uh, free means free. We don't skimp on features. We offer unlimited meeting duration. Well, okay, uh, 24-hour consecutive meeting. If your meeting lasts over 24 hours, you know, just log in again. It's still free, okay? Uh, We offer hundreds of professional-level features already uh, included. Uh, We don't limit number of uh, team members. We don't limit size of an account uh, like uh, some of uh, these other uh, companies do. And we offer unlimited team messaging uh, on top, which is integrated. Okay, so Vlad, how much did the uh, pandemic increase your business? And I want to go back to that term you use, hybrid. How much of it is going to be ingrained? And do you think people are still going to business, still have a lot of business travel? Or are they going to say, you know what, RingCentral makes it so I can save money for my company? What do you think about business travel in the future and RingCentral in the future? Yeah, I do, I, 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 I do feel it's going to be hybrid. Uh, we've done uh, tons of research, talked to many of our customers and partners. And feeling is pretty universal. Some people will be in at home some of the time, and some people will be in the office some of the time, and many people will go back and forth. So uh, before, or uh, last few months this year, uh, it was okay to just have disjointed video meetings. Uh, you mm-hmm. dial in, uh, you know, you, you do your conversation, you're done. Uh, but uh, what the world, uh, what our customers are telling us is that they need a pervasive, sticky experience. So what we are able to achieve with RingCentral Glip is uh, we are able to provide pre, during, and post-meeting experience. People, because of this uh, uh, seamless introduction with team messaging, people can post their documents, their files uh, into a common group uh, before the meeting. They can share comments uh, before the meeting, during the meeting, uh, they can also uh, engage in private conversations. These conversations do not die mm. when the meeting is over. Mm. You can always go back, look at your notes. That's a differentiated feature. And uh, we, 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 everything is uh, uh, very much enabled with AI. So we have uh, uh, closed captions. Uh, we have um, uh, uh, transcriptions. So after meeting, uh, you can go back and mm-hmm. uh, you can review uh, what was said, and uh, you can, you know, share comments, assign tasks, and be productive. Well, that sounds like the better mousetrap to me. I like all these products. This world has changed very much. Vlad Spunis, Ring Central Chairman, CEO. What, what a th- breakout! And by the way, these guys are going to be making money. They're making money now. They raised their forecast, so this is quite a company. And you know, we've liked it for 300 points. Bad money's back after the break. 
It is time! It's time to light back! What's up, Rapcross? One, two, three, four, five, 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 six, seven, eight, seven, eight, seven, eight, and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski Daddy, tell me the lightning round. Clear right. Let's start with Will in Tennessee. Will. Booyah, Yo. Thanks for being a chill man during these unchilled times. This stock has been trading in the same range for almost five years and just broke through to new highs last week. They are known for having a superior product in the automotive business. Their hybrids and fuel cell car received praise as part of Auto Trader's fresh new automotive technology in 2021. They are set to deliver the first heavy-duty fuel cell electric trucks for a pilot program to customers in L.A. and Long Beach. And they claim they will be the first company to bring a solid-state battery-powered car to the market with a prototype being introduced in 2021. Do investors need to shift their focus over to ticker T? What's the stock? Toyota. Huh? Toyota. Oh, Toyota. Look, I happen to think the Japanese market is gigantic. I know Toyota's up on the spike. But I really like that call. Now, I got to tell you, you want your own show? I'll put you right on Reddit with the rest of us. But I've got to tell you that Toyota is a great stock to own for all the reasons you just laid out. Man, I thought he was saying Tilray. He meant Toyota. Let's go to Anthony in New York. Anthony! Booyah, Jim. Booyah. I'm calling about Uber, Uber technology. Do you right. think Uber has room to run? Or is Uber's divestment of just, moonshot projects, such as their autonomous driving APG, a long-term concern? Yeah, Shout out uh, to look, my- I actually like their division. I went out there and saw that with the Volvo. But I, I actually like uh, Uber Eats very much. Let the stock cool off a little. It went up in a straight line. It's doing a little bit of a rollover. It's 51. How about 46? Let's use 46 as a benchmark of where you can get in. I want to go to Jackson, who is in Alabama. Jackson! Booyah! Give me chill. Yo! So what do you think? Is now the time to double down and buy some more Home Depot, ticker HD? Double down. Look, let me just put it this way. Let's forget about the double down. I think the world of Home Depot, I think they are fabulous. But I got to tell you, my money right now is on Lowe's. I'll tell you why. Because people right now don't understand that Marvin Ellison is making up a huge amount of ground on Home Depot. So right now, I'm a little bit more involved with the idea that Lowe's is going to triumph in terms of getting its act together as opposed to Home Depot just being a grade-A student that just keeps getting A's. Mike in Virginia. Mike! Jim, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How about you? Thank you for asking. Excellent, excellent. Through thick and thin, first and foremost, go birds. Hey, listen. We, you never know. You never know in that division. It's an unbelievable division. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> My question is, during the satellite, what's the upside from uh, about six and a half bucks? Thanks. Which one? Sirius Satellite. Oh, I like Sirius very much. I mean, now that we know that Howard's not going anywhere, it's a used car play. It's in all the used cars. I think it's terrific. I'm not going to back away. I've liked this since two bucks. Let's go to Karen in Wisconsin. Karen. Hey, Jim. Yo. Finally. How are you, Sir Kramer? I'm not bad. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm really well, thank you. Um, I've been calling for five days. I have Dicom Industries. I have I like telecom infrastructure. You've got a winner. It had one bad quarter. People overlooked it because telecom infra is really terrific. I'm willing to buy it here, even though it had that dip. I think it's okay. Let's go to Jim and oh, couple. Who is that? After 15 years, I'd like to know who the heck that is. I'm going to violate the sanctity of control room and track that fella down. Or, or woman. 
Let's go to Jim in New York. Jim. Oh, I got you, brother. All right. Hey, I was following you the other day. I got I was following uh, Veru, and uh, I got a similar one. GLSI. Nah, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be a buyer of that one. It moved up a lot. I'm not so sure how good it is. I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you what I would do. I'm a ka-ching, ka-ching when it comes to that one. I am. Let's go to Maria in North Carolina. Maria. Hi, Jim. Long Hi, listener here. Um, I'm calling about Triteris Inc. Uh, ticker is T-R-I-T. This is a trade finance using a proprietary Ethereum blockchain platform, and it came public about a month ago via SPAC. Oh, really? Why not just buy Bitcoin? I mean, Bitcoin's pretty interesting. You know, it's a diversification away from just cash, uh, as opposed to something from Singapore that I don't know anything about. I think you go with Bitcoin. And I have been a, bit, I've been a big fan of Bitcoin. Everybody knows that if you follow me on Twitter. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Once enough people are vaccinated, the world can go back to normal. That's when we'll find out which of our pandemic behaviors are temporary and which are permanent. Big guessing game on Wall Street right now. See, we've developed a lot of new habits over the past eight months. Some are going to stick. Some are going to exit. Exhibit A. We have fallen in love with what's called DTC, the direct-to-consumer retail. We were already headed in that direction, but COVID-19 made us slam the accelerator, and I think there is no going back. When you see that Lululemon got 43% of its third quarter sales from e-commerce, and those e-commerce margins are much higher than the brick-and-mortar ones, well, then you know it's the future. Why would they try to sell you something in a store when they make more money selling it to you directly via the Internet? Unless it's, of course, that great mirror product, which makes a lot of sense. The only obstacle here was uh, convincing people to buy their clothes online. The virus made it much easier, a much easier sale. And by the way, the trust in the brand is so great that people don't mind. They know it's going to fit them. When you see Williams Sonoma now getting 70 percent of its sales from its accelerating e-commerce business, up 49.3 percent year over year, you know that people like cookware coming to their doors. That means the company can close some costly physical locations that aren't making enough money. When Nike, what a stock, reports on Friday, I bet we can hear something similar because we all know our shoe size and we're happy to get the sneakers we want without going to the store. Now, some of this is just the virus, but there's more to it than that. What else is driving the direct consumer story? First, it takes so little time, and time is what's precious, particularly among younger people. For example, a company like Stitch Fix has been successful because CEO Katrina Lake knows that her clients don't have time to shop, but they still want to be dressed by competent stylists with a little help from their algos. Stitch Fix gives you confidence in a box, and you never need to leave the comfort of your home. Second is convenience. Buying something on your computer or even your phone is a heck of a lot simpler than buying it in person. When you already know your size, you already know exactly what you need, why bother going to the store, let alone the COVID-infested mall? Third is automation. Some people call it digitization. Amazon figured this out first. Why go to the store for simple things you buy regularly, like deodorant or toothpaste or vitamins, when you can buy them once online and get them delivered forever? Sure, you can hit up the drugstore when you run out of soap, go over there and say, well, I got to go get some soap. But you can also set up automatic delivery so you never run out of soap again. My plan. Fourth, the Internet makes comparison shopping a breeze. My daughter recently went to buy a washing machine. She'd never go into a store until she knew who had it, when it was available, and whether it was the cheapest. And that's what the site tells you. How long before you press a button and it shows up at your house just like bleach or detergent? 
Now, obviously, Amazon's the big winner here. But because they've been leading the direct-to-consumer charge for ages, Walmart's a close second. They've got a good operation. I think Costco's coming in third. But Target's actually my favorite way to play this because they bought Shipt. We order from them all the time for the office. We think it's funny. It's like, hey, go order something from Shipt. Hey, let's order some candles from Shipt. Well, yeah, I mean, like, hey, get me a bell. I need a bell. Like, oh, well, Shipt will bring it. We time them. We see how fast they can bring it. It's like, it's like oh, Shipt's here. It's like exciting for us because we lead, more, we lead boring, suboptimal lives. Most of us don't even have cars, though. And that's why the Shipt acquisition was so brilliant. Look, I know people are supposed to like going to the mall. Shopping was once America's national pastime. Times have changed. Thanks to the pandemic, we've all learned that it's easier and cheaper to get stuff delivered directly. There's no putting that genie back in the bottle. I'd like to say it's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now.